away and what used to be a negative, what looked like ultimate failure, suddenly because now there has been a shift in your mind, a shift in your spirit, you begin to see success instead of failure. You begin to believe that I can do this thing. And because you begin to believe and speak the words of God over your situation, momentum begins to shift and change in your favor. And at the end of the day of life, it isn't that you are defeated, but you are victorious because you chose to speak words of life and not defeat. Amen. Amen. You, you, You must declare, amen, that you are winning. You must declare over your life that the momentum is moving in my favor. Amen. People get it in their minds that, that they're too heavy. And even though that they are, uh, they can be the, the, uh, the right weight for their size or their height, they get it in their minds. And, and this thing especially uh, challenges women, it seems, but they um, believe that they are too heavy and they, even though they get down to the proper size and even less than what they should be, they still view themselves in the mirror as too heavy. They still view themselves as too large and, and the doctors call it anorexia. And, and it even gets to a place that when they're just skin and bones and nothing is left, they still view themselves as not being uh, of the proper weight or size, and it defeats them. It's not what is on the outside, it's what is in their mind, it is what is in their heart, amen, that causes them to do this. Other people, they look and they say uh, in the mirror, they see that they're ugly, somebody tells them their nose is too big, somebody tells them they're, you know, they don't have enough hair. Somebody else tells him you got too much hair, right? Folk that have hair cutting it off and folk that don't have are gluing it on. And uh, that's kind of the way life is. It just keeps on. And, and we don't never look at ourselves and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in the likeness and the image of Christ. Amen. We should be uh, people that are uh, con- health conscious and aware of our health because we're the temples of the Holy Spirit and we need to do the work that God wants us to do. But it's about this negative thought that gets inside of a person. And they go to cutting, you know, and they go to uh, cutting this and doing that and having plastic surgery. And, and, and some of them go so far that, uh, you know, I seen one the other day, look like Catwoman. You know something didn't go right right there. Uh, you know, but I want to tell you today that so many times we, we look at ourselves, it is not what somebody else is saying to us, but it's about what we are saying about ourselves. What do you believe about yourself? Amen. When Joseph gets to where he is going, and we could talk a lot about Joseph and the momentum, how that he had momentum on his side that caused him to go out of the pit and out of the prison and caused him to go through the lie of Potiphar's house and momentum pushed him to a place and propelled him to the place of authority and dominion. But when he got to the place that God had called him to be, he had two sons and the first son's name was Manasseh. Manasseh means that God has uh, made me forget the toil of my father's house. How many know that his brothers were hating on him? He was a dreamer. I'm telling you, if you ever dare to dream, there'll be some folk that'll hate you. 
Amen. Whenever you dare to dream and believe big dreams, some people will hate you because they don't have a dream themselves. And when they don't have a dream themselves, they don't want anything to come to pass in your dream that causes you to be successful. But I want to tell you that God has called you to success. He has not called you to failure. He has not called you to defeat. But he has called you to be successful and to achieve in life. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him God's called you to success. Amen. He said, God has been so good to me that he has caused me to forget all the pain, all the hating of my brothers, all of the turmoil that was caused to me along this way. He's been so good to me that he's caused me to forget the days that I spent in a dry well. <laughs> he's caused me to understand that he's been so good to me that I don't keep on rehearsing how they sold me into slavery and how Potiphar's wife lie out. But God's been so good to me that he's erased all of that out of my thinking and said that I am blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. See, it's hard to move forward when you're hanging on to yesterday. It's hard to move forward whenever your mind and your emotions are stuck on what happened to you yesterday. Amen. Stuck in a childhood that you cannot fix. Stuck in a relationship that you're no longer in. Stuck in an offense that cannot, you cannot go back and change. And sooner or later, you've got to get the spirit of forget on you and forget those things which are behind so you can press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. He said his second son's name was Ephraim, which means I'm doubly fruitful. Amen. The first son is God calls me to forget the trouble in my father's house. And the second son is I've been doubly fruitful. Amen. This is how Joseph thinks the process is supposed to work. He thinks that I'm supposed to forget before I can ever be fruitful. Right? And there is some truth to that. But look at this scripture. Go with me to Genesis chapter 48 and verse 20. Genesis 48 verse 20. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. Then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head. And so the younger and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you will Israel bless, saying, My God, make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. And watch this. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. What happened here is this. When he brought his, Joseph brought his sons in to be blessed by his father Israel as he was passing off of the scene, Joseph set them up according to protocol. He set them up the way that they were supposed to go in because the elder was always to get the greater blessing. He was to get a double portion, right? And so he said, uh, I've got uh, 
Manasseh over here on your right side, and I've got Ephraim here on your left side, and Manasseh is to receive the right hand of blessing or the blessing of power, the blessing of authority, the blessing of greater, and Ephraim is to receive the left hand, which is a lesser, but no, yet, yet it is still a blessing. Are you with me? And the Bible says that Israel set Ephraim before Manasseh. So now when they would speak of the blessing because Israel had switched them because he had set them, the blessing would be spoken of Ephraim first and Israel would then speak of Manasseh as being the lesser. Because there are too many people that want to wait till they get over their pain before they become fruitful. Did you hear me? I said there's too many people that want to wait to get over their pain before they think they can be fruitful. But I've come this morning to tell somebody that even in the midst, the Bible, if you read that scripture there, he said that he caused him to be fruitful in the place of his trouble. Amen. And God wanted Israel, wanted uh, them to know that you don't have to be all of that in a bag of chips before God can use you. You don't have to have everything just so-so and everything in order and everything going your way for God to bless you. But in fact, that you can in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your difficulty, in the midst of your pain, that God can cause you to be fruitful in the middle of your trouble. Hallelujah. The enemy's got you saying that as soon as I get over my childhood, as soon as I get over my pain, as soon as I get over this trouble, as soon as I get over this problem and I get it fixed, I'll become fruitful. But God said, no, that you just start being fruitful and you'll forget your pain. You just start being fruitful and you'll get over your past. As long as you postpone your fruitfulness until another day or till the time that you're over your pain, you will never become fruitful because as long as you're sucking air in, you're going to have problems, baby. As long as you're living this side of eternity, there's going to be trouble that's going to come your way. You're going to have hurt and you're going to have pain. Amen. But Israel taught uh, them a lesson that day that said, don't be trying to wait until the trouble is over. Learn how to be fruitful in your now and you'll forget the pain of your past. Hallelujah. The best way to forget your pain is to serve someone else that's in pain. It's amazing what you can forget if you'll just get busy doing something. Amen. I don't have time to feel sorry for myself when I'm helping somebody else. I don't have time to think about how I've been hurt and how I've had a bad day and how I've had a bad problem whenever I'm blessing someone else. I don't have time to talk about all the junk that went on in my past when I, because I'm so fruitful now that I've got to give God some glory and give him some praise for what he has done in my life. Amen. My prayer this morning is that we all become so fruitful, amen, that it takes all of our time to manage our fruitfulness that you forget the suffering that is behind you. Amen. 
your momentum will shift when you begin to be fruitful. The shift doesn't come by might or by my own power. When people look at you and they see the imperfections and they see the pain that is in your life and that somehow you've made it through all of that, they have to look and ask, how did God do that with that? How did God work in their lives? How did God turn it around? Every once in a while, there ought to be some times in your life. If you be honest with yourself, when you get through some stuff, you just look back over your shoulder, scratch your head and say, how did I ever make it? How did I come out of that? And we have to say to God be the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. It wasn't because of my might. It wasn't because I was all of that. But it was because God was on my side causing me to be fruitful even in the time of my trouble. Amen. All through the Bible, God brings blessing out of barrenness. He brings breakthrough out of closed doors. He takes the last and makes them first. God always takes those off of the bottom and puts them on the top. He, he, he even took Rahab the harlot and put him in the bloodline of Jesus. Amen. You see, I want to tell you today that you don't have to get it all right. You just have to become fruitful in your now. Tell your neighbor, be fruitful. Now watch this, Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. We're going to look at Gen- or, excuse me, Judges 6. We're going to look at a few things here and we're going to tie this all together. And then I just pray that you will receive it, embrace it, and allow your life to be changed with some real momentum. Judges 6. So it was whenever Israel had sown, the Midianites would come up, and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. For they would come up with their livestock, their tents, coming in as numerous as the locusts, both they and their camels were without number. And they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under uh, the tree, which was at Oprah, which belonged belonged to uh, Josiah, the uh, Asbarite, while his son uh, Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress, in order that to hide it from the Midians, Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have, you not, have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. 
Israel is in poverty because of the momentum that is against them. The Midianites have come and they have come with some force. They have come, the Bible said, that they were innumerable. There were so many of them that they could not be numbered. And after Israel has sown, here comes the enemy to rob them of their harvest. To rob them of their fruitfulness. The enemy don't care about their sowing. They can sow as much as they want. Amen. But when it came time for the fruitfulness, they would attack them and take their fruitfulness away from them. Amen. The Midianites would come with momentum and bring all of these people with them without number. And they come to destroy the increase of the land. They come to destroy or take away their fruitfulness. Amen. The enemy came upon them and ate everything that was they had worked for, everything they had planted, everything they had sown was taken away from them. And now they were not able to have anything left for themselves. Can I tell you that the enemy don't care? how much you pray. He doesn't care how much you give. He doesn't care how much you come to church. He doesn't care how much you sow as long as you don't hold on to it and receive your harvest. Amen. He'll, he'll cause you to believe that God don't answer your prayer. He'll cause you to think that God don't care about you. He'll cause you to think that God doesn't love you. Here, he, here it is played out in Gideon's life. If God loved us, if he was with us, then where are the miracles? If God loved us, why are we going through all of this? What's happening in our lives? Amen. But I want to tell you, the enemy will come and steal that. Why is nothing happening in Gideon's life? It's because of his mindset. His mind is, I don't deserve to be victorious. His mindset is, I don't have anything to, to have victory about. And God says, behold, I am with you, you mighty man of valor. And he begins to talk to him and says, well, I'm not, I don't think I'm a mighty man of valor. Who are you talking to? You got the wrong name. You don't know who you're talking to. God said, I know what you've been saying about yourself, but I am here to tell you who you really are. And you are a mighty man of valor. Amen. Now watch this. It's, a, this is, it's about to come out why they're in this position. It's about to come out why that, that Gideon has this complex because he's a mighty man of valor. God said he was. But in verse 15, it said, So he said to him, The Lord, how can I, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Generations later, Gideon is talking about what happened to generations ago in his family tree. He's talking about the switching of the blessing, the crossing of the hands. Amen. Because he hasn't become who God said that he was supposed to become because of what happened in his past. And the connection to his past is destroying the fruitfulness of his now. 
Manasseh thought that he was going to get the birthright. He deserved the double blessing. But when Ephraim received it, it started a seed of negative self-talk in this family of Manasseh that reached generations later and was still in the mindset of Gideon. That mindset that began to work in him is that we're the least of the least. Now watch this. It did not say he did not get a blessing. Manasseh didn't get, it doesn't say Manasseh was not blessed. It said he got the lesser blessing, but he was still blessed. Come on, somebody. Every once in a while, you got to look up, wake up and smell the coffee in your life and realize I may not got the job I wanted to get, but I'm still blessed. I may not be living in the house that I've envisioned, but God's been good to me. Amen. I, I know that I haven't got everything I thought was coming my way, but I'm still blessed of the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. But this negative seed was planted in this family tree of Manasseh. And now it's got all the way down into Gideon. And he says, we're the last of the last. We're poorest of the poor. We're broke down. And he said, and I'm the least of all of them. How many know that some people think that's holy? That ain't holy talk. That's devil talk. Because whenever you, it doesn't matter what you have been through. It doesn't matter what your family has been through. Whenever you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, amen, the strongholds of yesterday have been canceled and broken in your life, amen, and God makes you a new creature in Christ Jesus, amen. And so it doesn't matter if, if great-great-grandpa was broke, busted, and disgusted. It don't matter if daddy didn't have two nickels to rub together. Whenever you came into the kingdom of God, God cut that spirit of poverty. Amen. And he calls you to be called blessed and highly favored of Father God. Hallelujah. Amen. But if you do not know it, you'll still act like your granddaddy. If you don't receive it, you'll still act like your daddy. And you'll be talking like, I'm a day late and a dollar short. It never rolls my way. Everybody's against me. And so guess what? You'll always be a day late and a dollar short. And everybody will seem like they're always against you. Why? Because you're snared with your own words. Amen. You're putting them into action. But I want to tell you today that he said, look, you are highly favored of God. You're a mighty man of valor. But he didn't know it because he was beat down. There's a lot of people, a lot of shame in people today that don't even have anything to do with where they're at. There are decisions that were made in your family that you weren't even here yet. And you can't change them. But you can change your now. You can change your future. You can make a choice and a conscious decision that I'm not going to live the way that my great granddaddy Manasseh did. But God has called me out and he has called me favored. He has called me blessed. Amen. And even though that there's been hurt and there 
has been pain. God has caused me to forget the toil of my father's house and he has spoke a blessing over me today. Now you think that you can only be what your other people have been. You can only do what you've seen other people do. But now here you are and God is wanting to give you a blessing and you can't receive it because you're talking about what has been. Now God wants your future to be brighter than your past, but you can't receive it because you don't think you deserve it. Now you're sitting here right in the, in the presence of God and God's saying you're highly favored, you're a mighty man of valor and all you can think about is hiding a little fruit so that you can have something tomorrow. Come on. But how many know mighty men of valor don't be, have to be hiding fruit for tomorrow? There'll be a source. There'll be a supply. Amen. It's not what others say about you. It's about what you're saying about yourself. People come to church all the time and hear the word of God and leave saying, that's good for somebody else. That's all right. It works for somebody else. But it don't work for me. And you talk yourself out of being fruitful. But God seen Gideon and this word, and he said, if God is with me, then where are the miracles? If God is with me, why is all of these bad things happening to me? They won't let me be fruitful. But this is not about they, this is about what you're saying to yourself. You got to speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Prayed in the Holy Spirit and building up your most holy faith. Amen. And so that means that there isn't nobody to lay hands on me, nobody to prophesy over me, nobody to sing me happy. Amen. I have the ability to get in the word of God and begin to speak over my own life. Amen. And crawl up out of the ash heaps of yesterday and declare that my day is blessed. My day is favored and my future is brighter than my past. It doesn't matter if you can't count your enemies and everybody really is against you because it's not about them, it's about you. And the moment that you start having a pity party is the moment that your momentum is going to go down. The moment that you keep looking over your past, you're going to lose energy. You cannot run at full strength and full force going forward while looking back. Amen. The moment that you lose your praise, you're going to stop your momentum. I've never seen an energetic, depressed person. There might be one. I just haven't never seen them. I've never seen a depressed praiser. Depressed people walk around slow. They talk real low their head down and their minds always on something behind them. I'm going to help you so you don't have to go to the psychologist if you hear me. I'm going to save you some money and put it in the offering plate. 
But depressed people are never looking forward, Darren. They're always looking behind them. They're connected to their pain of yesterday instead of their future and their brightness of tomorrow. And so as a result, we are down and we're out and we don't have anything to say good and everything has been bad and there isn't no hope and God hasn't been good to us and everybody is against us and we're hiding out in a cave. We're hiding from an enemy that doesn't even have the ability to defeat defeat us. But we're defeating ourselves by the what is in our heart. We're defeating, we're losing the battle. Have you ever seen a team that self-destructed? I mean, the team they were going up against had no ability to beat them, but they defeated themselves. There's a lot of people in life like that. There isn't nothing that can defeat you. There's nothing that can stop you, but you can defeat yourself. You can self-destruct yourself. Why? Because of what you feel and what you're hearing and what you're saying and what you have connected yourself to in your past. That's the reason why Paul said you've got to forget those things which are behind. And you have to start pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. He said there's got to be some momentum in this thing. And if you're going to get momentum built up so you can have your victory, then you've got to forget about yesterday. Quit talking about yesterday. Quit meditating on yesterday. And let that thing go. Amen. And know that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus as we sung today. Let go of that negative and hold on to that word of God over your life life and allow that momentum to begin to build towards your future. Just because others live their lives with negative momentum doesn't mean that you have to. Just because other people in your life have been negative, it doesn't mean that you have to repeat it. Amen. God has given you the spirit of Gideon to get up out of what has been and come into what is. But you're going to have to break that mindset that I'm always a loser. I'm second best. I never can win. My family will never get right. They're too crazy. Huh? I know that works for other people, but my family, they're just, they're just a mess. You don't know my, my people, Pastor. I want to tell you today that God loves everyone. Everybody's got a crazy Aunt Sally in your life. Huh? Well, you don't know my family's dysfunctional. Show me one that's not. But you don't have to go on Springer to prove it. But even in the even in the dysfunction of your life, are you hearing me? Even in the mess of your life, even with generations past, Amen. Renee's family, and, I, and, and it's not uh, to be demeaning to her family, but Renee's family had a curse 
had things going on and, and we, we made a conscious decision that we were going to break that thing. Amen. And by God's grace and help, we're doing it. Because for generation after generation, all they knew was the same thing. But God's helping us today to turn it around because we believe that God's got something better for our future and her family's future than what's been in our past. God has something greater, amen, for our family than what we've expected or experienced with granddaddy. Amen. But you've got to choose to get up, Gideon. You've got to choose to be fruitful where you're at. Amen. You keep thought of telling yourself that you can't do it. And because of that, you can't do it. But God keeps telling you what you can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when you begin to say about yourself what God is saying about you, your momentum will begin to shift. Amen. And you will see the blessing and the favor of God and you'll be fruitful and just can't help it. Amen. When you begin to say, I am the head and not the tail. When you begin to say, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. When you begin to declare that I am the righteousness of God and royal blood is flowing through my veins and I'm the partaker of his divine nature and I'm complete in him. I'm the chosen one. I'm the called out one. I'm the predestined one. You begin to speak over yourself who God has declared you to be and momentum will start building in you and you'll begin to forget because you say God has been way too good to me to remember my yesterday and so I'm going to say I am the righteousness of God that royalty is in my veins that I am the head and not the tail I am more than a conqueror praise God and you begin to declare it and momentum will rise up in you and you will defeat your yesterday and you'll become fruitful in your today and because of the fruitfulness of your today you've got to make you've got to work it you've got to say yes that fruitfulness is here and I've got too much to rejoice over to remember the pain of my past. Momentum. You can't explain it. You can't see it. But you can feel it. And when the momentum shifts in your favor, you can run through a troop and leap over a wall. When momentum shifts in your favor, you begin to speak the things of God and not the things of this world. When your momentum begins to shift, you begin to declare what the Lord has decreed unto you and not what dad told you you were. Amen. You begin to declare not what the teacher said, that you were dumb, that you were stupid, but you begin to declare that I am highly favored and that God does love me. And I just come to tell somebody today how to change your momentum. Every once in a while, you've got to dig your spiritual heels down in the soil and the dirt of life. And you've got to begin to push on this thing and say, I'm not backing up anymore. I've done backed up all I'm going to back up. 
I'm not being pushed back any farther. I'm not going to not resist any longer, but I'm going to push on this thing. And I'm by the grace of God, I'm going to shift this momentum. And he is going to help me to be all, do all, and complete all that he said that I am to do. Amen. For too long, we've looked at ourselves as a wretched worm. Too long, we've said, it's not me. Don't look at me. Well, if people don't look at you and see anything, what are they going to look at? Your Christ in the flesh. You're his ambassador. You're his representor. And if all they see is a negative coming out of you, then they think that's what God's all about. But we've got to turn this thing, my brothers and sisters, and push on this thing and cause some momentum to shift and realize who we are in Christ Jesus. And say we are greater than everything that has come against us. Hallelujah. Stand with me today. Praise God. I pray you receive the word today. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Amen. Everybody can come and hear, but not everybody hears. There was a lot of people at Jesus' feet that day when that woman with the issue of blood decided to change her momentum. I'll preach about that Wednesday, maybe. Ain't got time today. But she said in her heart, it's time to shift this thing. And when she did that, the Bible said there was a lot of people around Jesus touching him but she touched him. Who's touched me? Jesus, have you lost your mind? Look at all these people. He said, oh, I know they're all around touching, but he said, I just felt somebody touch me. And I felt virtue, momentum. (laughs) There was a shift that took place. And that spiritual momentum went into her life and caused her to say, I'm not going to die like this, but I am going to live in the name of the Lord. Say, Pastor, you you don't know what I've been through. I know life is real. Trouble is real. You can't get through life without trouble. I'm not making light of that. But what I am saying today is calling you out and saying, get on with your life. Don't allow your yesterday to paralyze your today. But make a decision, get in to get up from where you are. Get on with life. And take that word that God has brought to you and put it into motion and cause the momentum to begin to shift and go in your favor because you deserve it.
out of all the trouble you've been through, you ought not die in the mess you're in. Out of all the difficulty that your family has been through, your family ought not die and end this way. See, the reason I didn't get a better amen is because some of you think you deserve what you're going through. You don't think your family can ever come up out of what they're owed. But I've come today to tell you the momentum can shift because God said you're highly favored. I don't want to postpone our time together. But I was, when I was evangelizing, I was in a place called Hicksville, Ohio. On the western side of Ohio, right before you go into the Indiana, was on the Indiana border. I was just a kid preacher preaching. And the town drunk, his wife came to church there. And uh, the town drunk came in on about the third night. And uh, he said, I like that preacher. So he came back the next night. He came back the next night. And his wife was in tears those nights and saying he's never come to church like this. And, but I know he can't be changed. He's been a, a drunk all of his life. And his granddaddy was a drunk. His daddy was alcoholic. And there's no hope. But on that Sunday night, a man that was known not for who he was, but known for his problem, heard the gospel and made a choice that I'm getting up from here and I'm changing this momentum in my life. And he gave his heart and his life to Christ. If we're not careful, the enemy will make us believe they're too far gone. Nobody can reach them. Maybe it's you and you think, I'm too far gone. Nobody can help me, but I've come with some truth today. That God loves you right where you are. And he wants to reach you. And when he reaches you with this gospel and his good news, your life can be changed. And the trajectory of your life can be transformed. And he can propel you not into defeat, but into blessing. Because he's that kind of God. Your heads bowed this morning. If you would please just reverence the Lord. How many in here today say, Pastor Brian, I need the momentum to shift in my life. I need it to change. I know God loves me. Maybe you're struggling even with that. But you would say the word of the Lord has found me today and I want change. I want this momentum to shift. I want God to help me. Let me see your hand where you are today. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Yes. Thank you, Father. Is there any here today you'd say, Pastor Brian, I'm like Gideon. I didn't think there was a better future. I didn't think there'd be hope for tomorrow. But while you were speaking today, faith has risen in my heart and I want my life to be changed. I want difference. I want Christ to come into my heart. I want there to be transformation in my life. I want him to help me to break the curse so that my future can be better, that I can be fruitful where I am. 
Let me see your hands today. God bless you. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray that there be an unusual liberty today to receive the word of God. God, that you will minister here this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit. That lives will be changed for your glory and for your honor. Lord, for those who love you with all of their heart and yet, God, that the toils of the past have plagued them until they cannot feel that they can be fruitful in their now. I pray that you touch them this morning. Father, for those who need life change, need you just to be their, their, their righteousness, become their Lord and Savior. Lord, that their lives will be radically changed for your glory and your honor. I pray today, release them to respond to your word for your glory and honor in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you raised your hand or you know that you needed to raise your hand, why don't you come and join me at this altar today as our prayer partners come and let's just pray and ask God to shift the momentum in your life if you if you need him as savior and lord ask him God just to change my life be my savior be my lord I want to be that new creature in Christ Jesus today God I love you with my whole heart but it seems like all these things are weighing against me but I want there to be a shift today to be fruitful in my now be fruitful in my today. Be productive where I am. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Is there others? Is there others? Come on. My prayer partners will come and help me. My altar workers will come and help me today. Let's pray for these. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. church come on let's press in why don't you just thank god today if you don't have something to pray about just thank god for being good to you just give him some praise for being fruitful in your now hallelujah just give him praise today have our gratitude and a thankful heart toward him now So great. 
There is no one else like